I want you folks to all know that I am on Patreon. And if you enjoyed this program, give me money so I can keep recording them. That's going to be at patreon.com slash nerd forensics. Welcome, Nerd Forensics listeners. We are recording in a scary Romanian hospital tonight. We are blocky. We look terrible. And all of the areas that we can access are way too small by today's standard. Since it's the holiday season, I thought we would discuss an old man known for his jolly disposition, his distinguished features, his habit of punishing the naughty and rewarding the nice. Someone who most people describe as just a red and black blur. Those of us that know the real reason for the season know that I am describing, of course, Agent 47. I'm Millicent, and today I'm joined by Jacob Urban. And we are going to discuss the Hitman series, the best game you probably never played. Millicent Oriana, culture expert. While seeking to unlock the secrets of all fandoms, she is exposed to an overload of every aspect of pop culture. Now, when asked a question about a piece of popular culture, she becomes curious. Now hosting a podcast and joined by amazing guests, she seeks to find answers and find a way to live off her talents and to make a fun podcast. Don't ask me. Ask Diana Burnwood. I think she knows more in this situation. Of course, I'm sure most of you haven't played the Hitman series. That's why we're doing this episode. Those of my listeners that like video games, I strongly recommend trying it out if you haven't. And right now, I'm going to throw it off to my good buddy, Jacob, who's going to tell you a little bit about IOI and the history of the Hitman series. So Hitman was developed by Danish developer IO Interactive, um, originally developed by Eidos Interactive and Square Enix. IO Interactive remained as a subsidiary of Square Enix until 2017, when Square Enix started seeking buyers for the studio. IO Interactive was able to complete a management buyout and regain their independent status and retaining the rights to Hitman in June of 2017. The franchise started in the year 2000 with Hitman Codename 47 and has featured eight main games in the series. They are semi-open-world stealth game series with the main protagonist being Agent 47, who is employed by the International Contract Agency, or more commonly known as the ICA. Agent 47 is a clone who is genetically engineered to maintain peak physical condition and intelligence to be easily controlled and to display a cold and monotone personality. Each game has different story arcs, and while they are mostly not connected, uh, they are a part of the same continuity. The main games of the series are Hitman, Codename 47, Hitman 2, Silent Assassin, Hitman Contracts, Hitman Blood Money, Hitman Absolution. The new trilogy is a relaunch, and they are titled Hitman 1, 2, and 3. And they have the World of Assassination arc in them. All right. Over the uh, Later on in the episode, we will actually be discussing the plots and doing a minor synopsis of the first games in the series. That way we don't spoil the three new ones for anybody. But uh, for right now, we actually just want to start, you know, splashing her toes in the water a little bit and dive in in a minute. Uh, first off, me and Jacob are huge fans of the gameplay in this. I mean, it is, if you're a fan of stealth games, which I am, and I'm pretty sure Jacob is. Uh, I have a Metal Gear Solid tattoo and a Hitman tattoo. 
Yeah. So that gives you an idea. We are completely enamored by this specific game, though. I mean, it's everything you could want in a stealth game. You can dress up as other people. You can knock people out. Um, there are variable rooms for witnesses and stuff like that, which you don't get in other games. Usually it's like stealth game, kill everybody in the room, just don't get caught. This, you have a very specific target in a very specific place, and the overall main goal is to assassinate them unseen, unheard, and without any evidence. Now, granted, they are sandbox gameplay, so if you choose to, you don't have to do that at all. You can just go in guns blazing. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where you can, you know, throw a knife at one guy, and then the next time you come in, you poison him, <laughs> and next time you just push him off of a rooftop or whatever. It's it's incredible. I mean, we have a, we have a game series here where there is endless possibility in what you can and can't do. I'm... I'm a huge fan of New Vegas. That's one of my favorite games of all time. And this is the only game I've ever seen that gives you that degree of freedom. There is one more way to kill a man, but it is as intricate and precise as a well-played game of chess. So I feel like one of the stronger aspects of the game is just the simple fact that each level really is endlessly replayable like even if you try to follow the same exact pattern as you did in a previous time playing you have these variables that just pop up and it rarely are you ever able to actually copy what you did in another level or in another playthrough of that level oh yeah um there are certain tracks you can go through and i'm pretty sure they're the ones the developers used to get everywhere but um it takes a lot of exploring to find those places. <laughs> yeah, like anybody who's played these games, you know, you have to be thoroughly impressed in how the uh, level builders did this because there, there are so many options and so many different opportunities that pop up. And, you know, if you do a certain set of objectives to get a certain assassination going for whatever reason the ai in the game is really advanced so sometimes they don't follow the same uh routes that they normally would so you know you could be trying to set up this assassination and you just have this witness pop up out of nowhere or you're just waiting for them to walk into a trap you set and they never get there or you just have an innocent person walk in there and you watch some poor guy get electrocuted to death I mean, the accidental kills where you just accidentally kill the wrong person is some of the funniest parts in the game because, you know, you set out a, a tray of poisoned food and you're like, okay, the target's going to come and eat it. And then some guy just cuts in front of him and does it. And you're just like, oh, well, I guess I got to deal with that now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's a lot of fun just being able to, you know, one time I come in there dressed like the guy's bodyguard and kill him. And then the next time. I throw him onto the racetrack and his daughter crashes her car trying to avoid him. There's a lot of fun things you can do to targets in that game. And I mean, they're all, each level is very inventive in how, like, because you go all, especially in the newer trilogy, you go all over the world. So one level's Hokkaido, Japan. Another one is outside in like the sticks of Colorado. Uh, you have a racetrack in Florida. Mumbai. Yeah, Mumbai is one of the funniest ones just because that's the movie set. And there are just so many 
crazy ways to get your target in that one. Oh, yeah. One of my particular favorites is there's this creepy Harvey Weinstein-esque Indian director who's, like, forcing himself on, like, his lead actress and everything. And uh, <laughs> they're doing a shot with a giant fan on top of a building. And I rigged the thing. And me and Sophia, uh, she was there at the time, laughed so hard at the guy screaming, It's too high! And then he just went flying away. And, I mean, it, it has to a appeal to, like, a sociopathic nature in people. But, I mean, we've all laughed at a mouse hitting a cat in the kneecap with a pipe. So, I mean, that right there wouldn't be funny in real life. But it's damn hilarious in a cartoon. I mean, with the with the graphic style, you know, they're not shooting for like super realism in it so it does have this almost cartoony violence like uh feel to it and i mean even sometimes they play that up with certain assassinations oh yeah like there's a christmas mission in the first hitman of the new series where uh you actually you have to take out two burglars named harry and marv and one of the challenges is for knocking marv out with a brick three times or uh, there's the one level where you just drop a moose on a guy. Yeah, and it's called Room with a Moose for anybody who's an Invader Zim fan. Yeah, so they really do lean into these jokes. Like, it is all done in good fun. It is not meant to be, you know, a serial killer training game. Like, And also, if you play it in VR, okay... It's not realistic at all, but it is really fun hitting a guy with a shovel and like driving him like 300 yards. Yeah, some of the the physics does some wonky stuff sometimes, but that's even funner because I was watching a guy play it with mods and he dropped like a hundred explosive ducks just in front of this person and they launched into the sun. <laughs> They were just, you just see them shoot off the map. They were just gone. Yeah, so there's a lot you can do. Um, another particular favorite of mine is there's a, a former assassin with your agency who is getting a heart transplant. And you can actually leave evidence that this guy was involved in the surgeon who's performing his heart transplant uh, losing his father. And it's a lot of fun because you have to basically you have to dress up like the guy's drug dealer and uh, yeah, surgeon taking speed. That never sounds fun, but uh, you basically have to give him too much and he'll just be like, OK, I figured it out. I'm going to get my revenge. And he goes in there and just flatlines the guy for you. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, again, the, the absolute creativity that goes into each one of these games and each one of these levels is just immense. I mean, IO Interactive is not a very big studio. They have maybe 100 employees at most. So for them to come up with all this different stuff is really impressive. Yeah, it, these are immense games. I mean, they have a lot in them. The maps are huge. The games themselves are complicated. It's If you're just somebody who's a fan of technical aspects, check them out so you can be impressed by it. I mean, while some people, you know, are definitely going to be attracted to the mindless violence that the game can have, it's also a puzzle game, too, because it really is how do I get this event to line up with this event to get this result? Like, yeah, it really is a puzzle game more so than like an actual like shooter in a lot of aspects. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing. I've never seen a stealth game with so much of like a puzzle component to it. It's also really amazing because they actually allow you to create your own levels and put them online and your friends can play and stuff and you can challenge each other. Yep. You, uh, you know, you use an existing level from the game, but you have a you specify a new target and you can even go so far as having to specify a certain way that they need to be eliminated. Yeah, they're really, really impressive games. Um, I actually just re-downloaded the World of Assassination trilogy because uh, I have a lot of fun with those games. They're something I can never get tired of. Now our good friend Jacob is actually going to lay down a quick plot summary of the first few games. So... It all started in the year 2000 with Hitman Codename 47. 47 wakes up in an abandoned sanatorium and is given orders over a loudspeaker to complete a training course that tests his skills. He eventually breaks out and goes on the run. A year later, he is working for the ICA. He kills a triad crime boss, a Colombian drug trafficker, an Austrian mercenary, and a gunrunner. After each mission, he finds letters talking about him a project on an experimental human, and a man named Professor Ortmeier. It is learned that all four assassinations were requested by the same client, which was against the rules of the ICA. So 47 is sent after the client. It turns out that the client was Ortmeier himself, and 47 learns he was cloned using Ortmeier and the other four's DNA to create the perfect assassin. Well, after Ortmeier, 47 learns the doctor staged 47's escape to see how he would function in the real world. And that Ortmeier placed the contracts on the other four because they wanted sole control of 47. The doctor was then releases his subjects 48, which was the next step. 47 evades and kills them with his superior training, poses as one, and kills Ortmeier by breaking his neck. And that's pretty much the plot of the first game. Sounds good. The next one was Silent Assassin, which came out in 2002. It is a direct sequel to the first game. 47 is now living at a monastery owned by his friend, Reverend Emilio Vittorio. Emilio is kidnapped and ransomed. The only way for 47 to earn the money is to rejoin the ICA. 47 learns Emilio is kidnapped by the Mafia. He kills them, but doesn't find Emilio and has to repay his debt to the ICA. Uh, he completes a bunch of contracts, retrieving items for their clients, and assumes Emilio is dead. He learns all the contracts were connected again, and learns Emilio's kidnapping was orchestrated by one of his clone donors' brothers. He chases him down and kills him. Emilio is found to be alive and begs 47 to give up his violent ways and live as a good person. 47, though, is unable to find inner peace and leaves, formally rejoining the ICA. The third game is Hitman Contracts, which came out in 2004. Uh, Contracts takes place a year after Silent Assassin and opens with 47 being shot and critically wounded. As he's laying in his hotel room waiting for an ICA doctor, he reflects on his past and past contracts. These are most of the gameplay. The doctor arrives and performs surgery on 47. Before he can complete his work, the Group d'Intervention de la Gendarmerie Nationale, G-I-G-N, storms his hotel to capture 47. 47 recalls his current mission to kill a corrupt officer of the G-I-G-N, who shot him in the beginning of the game. 
He escapes his room, finds and eliminates his target, then proceeds to the airport where he meets his handler, Diana Burnwood. She informs him that a group called the Franchise warned his target and is trying to undermine the ICA and gain control of the governments worldwide. 47 agrees to handle the problem and sets out for the next installment. And the next game in the fr- in the series is Hitman Blood Money. Now, this is the one that I was introduced to the series with. And I believe, Millie, this was your first one as well? Uh, actually, Contracts. Oh, Contracts was. Cool. Um, so, yeah, this is the first one I had played. And I remember loving this game. It opens with an American journalist, Rick Henderson, interviewing former FBI director Alexander Kane. Henderson hopes for information on a recent attack at the White House. Kane actually begins telling him the full story of 47. Henderson is skeptical about the existence of 47, but Kane provides documents about recent contracts carried out by 47. 47 has been going after members of the franchise that have been using their own agents to take out ICA assassins. 47 avoids being killed, but enough damage is done that Diana Burnwood decides to shut down the ICA and divide the assets between her and 47. A group called Alpha Xerox sought to monopolize Ortmeier's cloning technology, but the current president was planning on legalizing cloning, so they planned on using their vice president to assassinate him. 47 learns of this and goes after the VP. Afterwards, Diana realizes she could bring them down by pretending to double-cross 47 and inject him with a poison that mimics death. At the funeral for 47, the remaining members of the franchise attend hoping to retrieve a bone marrow sample from 47 before he is cremated. During the funeral, Diana applies lipsticks with the antidote and kisses 47 while placing his pistols on him. Uh, then in one of the best parts in games, um, 47 awakens and kills everyone else who is attending, including the journalist Rick Henderson and Alexander Kane. He just wipes everybody out in this level. Uh, and he's wearing this really cool white suit the entire time. And Ave Maria begins playing. Yeah, it's such a cinematic moment and it's so great. Um, with everyone who knew of the plan dead, Diana seizes the franchise's assets and reopens the ICA as 47 takes his next contract. And that'll bring us to the last game that I'm going to give a plot summary for, because I don't want to spoil the last three games to come out, as I think everybody who is interested should play them and find them out for themselves. So this is Hitman Absolution. It came out in 2012. The game opens with 47 hunting down Diana Burnwood for betraying the ICA. While Diana is dying, she informs 47 she betrayed the ICA because they made a new clone, who is a young girl named Victoria, that she was trying to protect. She asks 47 to protect Victoria from becoming an assassin. 47 leaves her at an orphanage while hunting down the people who are trying to sell her. While on mission, 47 is knocked out and framed for the murder of a maid and is now hunted by the police. During this, Victoria is kidnapped. 47 eventually tracks the people down while avoiding police and the ICA operatives and eventually kills the people responsible and rescues Victoria. It is revealed that 47 helped fake Diana's death as she was trying to purge the ICA of corrupted members. The game ends with Diana and Victoria living together and Diana taking control of the ICA as well as Diana welcoming back 47 to the agency. And at this point... This is where, a few years later, Square Enix decided to sell IO, and 
they ended up buying it themselves. And when they bought it, they decided to relaunch the franchise and start pretty much from the beginning again. There are a couple things from past games that are still connected to the core story, but it really is the new trilogy really is its own separate thing. Yeah. So you really don't need to have played previous entries. I would, if you can, because I definitely recommend the entire series. Uh, Square Enix, funny enough, they actually fired their head of marketing after the failure of Tomb Raider, which they blamed for marketing. And Hitman, which came out that same year, they blamed the series itself for not selling. So kind of funny because it turned out their marketing guy just sucked. Well, and so with the relaunch, uh, they IO took a really big gamble that unfortunately didn't pay off for them um they decided to release the game through a season and they were they released the first three levels first and then over the next like six months or so they released the next few levels and their plan was they would introduce these first three levels at a lower price point and you could buy each stage for whatever it was going for at the time um and they hoped that they would hook new players by doing it but the opposite thing happened where more people bought just straight up bought the full game right as it was announced. And they only got like 15% of the people who actually bought the whole game started out from going with the season idea. I remember me and you, we just paid for the whole thing when we got our copies. Oh yeah. Like I had so much fun with blood money and absolution and the other previous games that I was like, it's a hitman game. I'm going to buy this whole thing. I don't want to wait for it all to take time to come out. I want it now. Yeah. That's basically what I did too. I want it now. But overall, I mean, what was nice is that the, their approach for it did allow for them to constantly update the game with new material because that's when they started the uh, just the independent contracts, if you will. So you're not even going after the main target of the level. And like one of them was Sean Bean. Oh, yeah. And they also have some other really cool things. And they do that. They get like celebrity likenesses sometimes for these contracts. My personal favorite thing about it, too, is they actually did seasonal missions that were released. Uh, there was a summer one where it was like a summer blockbuster themed and you had to kill like this uh, action star. They also did another one that was Christmas themed that I was talking about earlier, where you knock out Harry and Marv with bricks and stuff. You know, and they they would go back and they'd add new things to the previous levels as well. So like in the first one, there was a vampire costume that got added and that one was really fun. Oh, yeah. The vampire costume was a lot of fun to wear. Um, actually, that was Paris. And uh, the, the, the Christmas mission actually takes place in Paris. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. And uh, Sapienza, uh, that's where the uh, the, the uh, um, summer blockbuster mission takes place. Okay. Also, what's really cool, too, is that if you decide to pick up the third game, you can actually buy the other two and install all of the maps into that single game. So you can play through this entire trilogy on, without having to, like, switch up which game you're playing you can play all three of them through this one game now oh yeah i, I actually i re-downloaded my copy of the first one because of the seasonal challenges because those aren't on there for some reason you can basically play the entire series from just one install file which is nice now i mean it gets pretty big i think on my playstation it's sitting at like 112 gigs or something like that but oh yeah i had to clear up some space <laughs> yeah it, it gets pretty big but again you get like 18 19 different different levels yeah. along with the different like 
new contracts that they're constantly adding because they're still uh, providing service for this game. I mean, that's the thing. People talk about how long Skyrim is and stuff. I can guarantee that to complete Hitman 100%, you will put way more hours into Hitman 1 through 3 than you do Skyrim. You will put way, way, even the first game, you'll put way more time than you would in one of those games. Uh, You know, it's one of those things, too, where... Like, with Skyrim, while you are constantly, like, just exploring, uh, with Hitman, you do need to be a bit patient at points, where you are just waiting for the right moment to strike. Now, that's not to say that there isn't a ton of stuff to discover in each level, because there absolutely is, whether it be Easter eggs for other games, or just funny little jokes, or stuff that increases the actual lore of the game itself. Oh, you mean like the red and green plumber in Italy? Yeah, exactly. Like just little Easter eggs that are really funny. Yeah, so like, yeah, we're definitely telling people, check it out. Now we're actually going to get to the part where we discuss why the games might not be as popular as you would ex- expect them to be. First and foremost, I think it has to do, it has to do with the movie a lot of it. Most of the time when video games make a movie, it introduces new people to the series that have never been interested in it. Even though the movies are completely lauded by actual fans of the series, they always are. With the Hitman movies, nobody liked them. That That's how that turned out. Nobody liked them. And I think that definitely hurt it. I don't think that's the entire reason, but I think it definitely hurt it. Well, and... I don't have a problem. I I didn't watch the second Hitman movie because it just did not seem interesting to me. I I did go see the first one, and I don't have a problem with Timothy Oliphant as an actor. You know, he was great in Deadwood, but 47, he didn't quite capture who 47 was. 47, again, is a very cold character. He is not a beacon of warmth. Again, Oliphant just kind of played him too human. Yeah, it also really hurts it that this is a game built on being variable, built on being different each time. You can't do that with a movie, unfortunately. I've heard people say that they should make a Fallout movie, and I'm like, uh, no, because that just really kills the entire thing that makes it likable. Yeah, I really wouldn't be too interested in that myself either. I mean, if you were to call it like a Fallout Stories Maybe, but if you're trying to capture, like, the role of the Vault Dweller or the Lone Wanderer or any of the other protagonists of the game, it's not going to work. Courier number seven. Exactly. Like, it, it just, it doesn't work. And another big problem I had with the original Hitman movie was the fact that they had to shoehorn a love story in it. Like, again, 47 is a very cold, calculated person. He does not have time for love. So why are you doing this? Maybe his dick just doesn't work. I mean, he's a clone. Who knows what they programmed (laughs) his dick to do? Are you you saying he might be smooth down there like a Ken doll? He could very well be. We don't know. I've never seen him with his pants off. That's actually a really good point. I've seen a lot of video game characters naked. Uh, When I close my eyes, I permanently have Raiden's ass in my head by choice but you know still so I mean the warmest you ever see him is in absolution when he's trying to save Victoria and it's basically he's having flashbacks about what they did to him the whole time 
And that's why he feels something for this girl. Yeah, and, you know, you go from nice kind of touching moment to injecting a bunch of people with air to make them never get up. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, and another thing about uh the first Hitman movie is that they were too cheap to film the actual escape scene from the sanatorium, and they just used clips from Dark Angel. And I think everybody should know that. Seriously? Yes, it is the exact same footage from Dark Angel when she escapes her facility she was raised at. And they were just stealing that from Black Mask. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> like, I think this is a very important detail as to why people should not like this movie. All right. So, overall, I mean, I recommend the series. Would you, Jacob? Oh, God, yes. It is... One of the best video game series I've ever played. Well, here you have it, straight from both of us. It's one of the best video game series that we've ever played, and it should be one of the best video game series you've ever played, but I guarantee it's probably the best video game series you've never played. I'm Millicent Oriana. Thank you for listening tonight, and I hope you all have a great rest of your week. <laughs>